You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. We're Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. And I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Today, I want to focus on something very specific. Because over the course of the last few seasons, there's been a lot of swings, crazy swings in situational defense for the Green Bay Packers. And part of that is to be expected. Uh, Small sample sizes can often lie to us. The Packers were overly reliant in 2019 on their red zone defense. And so I was looking at some of the defensive numbers and a couple of them stood out to me. So these are by DVOA. Right, defense adjusted value over average. So that means that they are relative to the rest of the league and they are relative to what an average team would do against the teams that Green Bay played in those situations. So essentially, you're adjusting for schedule. Okay, Green Bay was a top 10 defense. Overall, a top 10 defense on first down. They were ninth in DVOA on first down. That's a really, really good start. The other teams who were good on first down, guess what? They were just good. It's teams like Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Washington, Baltimore, the Rams, New Orleans, they were just good defensively. Being good on first down sets you up for the rest of the possession. And what's weird about that is if you're not a great defense, you're going to have a lot of first downs (laughs) because you're going to give up a lot of first downs. And yet, Green Bay was really good on first down. They were also really good on second and long. So if you're really good on first down, you'd think you're forcing a lot of second and longs. They were good on second and long. 10th in DVOA on second and long. And again, the top teams, it's the teams you would expect to be good on second and long are just the good defenses. Again, the Rams were first Tampa Bay top 10, Washington top 5, New Orleans top 5. They were just good defenses. The good defenses tend to be good across all of the levels. Pittsburgh was great basically everywhere. Washington, really good essentially everywhere. Tampa Bay, same deal. San Francisco, same deal. Green Bay had a couple key weaknesses. When they weren't good on first down, 
which according to these numbers, they were pretty good, pretty, pretty frequently on first down, or at least when they were good, they were really good. And that matches the eye test, right? Because think about a lot of the circumstances that could have led to being really good on second down, you get a sack on first down. And now it's second and 14, second and 16, second and 18. That makes it a lot easier to be good on second and long. So the way in which Green Bay would win is important here. Here's where Green Bay was bad. 28th on second and short. 28th. They were really bad relative to the rest of the league in short yardage situations. Not just second. They were 30th. In third and fourth and short. So short yarded situations, they could not get off the field. And this is where, this is where run defense does come into play. And I know that I have been uh, a, a vocal, a vocal critic of those who care so deeply about run defense. I just don't think it matters nearly as much as passing defense, it still is a factor. It still affects games and you still can't be all time bad at it. But when you are not good overall at it, you need to be able to, in situations, buckle down. So if you need to bring heavy people onto the field, whatever you need to do, you have to be good in those situations. And and generally speaking, that will help. Now, if you're a bad run defense, you'd think first down, teams want to run on first down, you end up being a bad first down defense. That was not Green Bay. It was when they gave up some yards on first or second down, and now you're into second and third and manageable. Now, this is not any secret. If you're into manageable situations, it's going to be tough to keep the opposing team from converting, except, except... It's the same for every team. So every defense was in a disadvantageous situation on second and short or third and short. And yet, Green Bay, compared to all of those teams, they were bad. They were bad. And situational defense, again, can be fickle. They can be fickle. And you go back to 2019, Green Bay... Second and short, they were better, 21st. And on third and fourth and short, where you know they were one of the three worst teams in the league last year, they were 11th. They were 11th. And they were bad on first down, or at least below average, 17th on first down, not setting themselves up for success. In some cases, these things can just be noise, especially with defense, you don't want to get too bogged down in some of the specific numbers, but it can help us understand what was going on. And again, when you look at the run defense, you say, okay, the run defense for Green Bay actually improved overall. And, you know, with the, with the obvious case of the Vikings game, it was not the killer to this team that it had been in years past. Certainly not the killer that it was in, in 2019. That's not to say everything's fine. It's all fixed. But situationally, it was still not great. Now, that is okay in a sense. 
because if you're doing well on first down runs, let's say, and you're only allowing two, three yards on those first down runs, well, now it's second and long. And now you think you have a good idea of what the other team is going to do, or at least a better idea of what the other team is going to do. They probably want to throw the ball. Well, that makes it easier to play defense. It makes it easier to decide on personnel packages and approaches. Green Bay's inability in those short yarded situations, second and third down, though, certainly could have created problems overall for the defense because you can't get off the field. And if you can't get off the field, uh, guess what? That's a big problem. And so you look at third down defense, Green Bay has had some issues on third down in the Mike Patton era. That's what you brought, brought in a new defensive coordinator to try and take care of. And what you want to say, the you know, sort of the, the the cool football answer is, well, do better on early downs. It makes it a lot easier on third down. And that's true, by the way. This is not even like a, a football schematic thing. Just do the math. If you do your work early, if you give up between zero and two yards on first down and between zero and two yards on second down, you are going to be in a good position on third down to get a stop. Last year, Green Bay all too often was unable to take advantage of early success. You get a stop on first down. It's second and 10. Okay. Now, if you're going to give up three, four yards, now it's third and middle. You got to be able to get a stop. Green Bay couldn't do it. And then on those possessions where Green Bay can't do the work early, where they give up, let's say they give up six yards on first down and second and four. They, relative to the rest of the league, were not able to hold serve. They were not able to say, okay, now it's going to be third and four. Or better, it's going to be third and six. Too often, they were giving up those six, seven yards on first down and then just giving up. Then, and obviously they weren't actually literally giving up, but they were giving up yards. And all of a sudden you turn a seven yard gain into another seven yard gain and it's a new set of downs. And now you have to win on first down all over again. So it's not that Green Bay has to be better on first down. It's not that Green Bay has to be better on second down or third down. They, they just have to be a little bit more consistent overall. And that includes the running game in those short yarded situations. How are they going to do that if they're playing lighter boxes? We assume Joe Barry is going to bring a very light box heavy approach. We talked a little bit about it uh, last week. I wrote about it for Packer Report and the tight fronts and the way that they're going to try and steal gaps and use Kenny Clark in all of these different ways. I, I think they can do it. I think that they can make it work. I think they have the personnel to be a good defense, but they have to be able in those light boxes to get stops in obvious run situations, or at least in, in advantageous run situations. And unfortunately it just hasn't been something they've been able to do consistently enough over the last few years. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs baseball, basketball, hockey, fights, golf. It's all there for you at betonline.ag. So just go over there, laptop, mobile device, whatever you want to use, and sign up today. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the action. We've still got Stanley Cup action going on. The Canadiens extended their series in the Stanley Cup final. We've got the NBA finals. Baseball playoffs are going to be here before you know it. Go to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So I was struck by some uh, dissonance over the holiday weekend. Um, there was a, a report because Aaron Rodgers spoke to the media ahead of the match, which is today. And he spoke at length about mental health and his focus on his mental health. And Jay Sternberger was on this podcast last week extolling the virtues of Aaron Rodgers setting the tone when it comes to mental health and saying to teammates, let's talk about this. It's okay to talk about this. You know, you can be an alpha and feel like these are struggles that you're going through that you can seek help for. And don't feel like this is not a safe space to do that. And and Jace gave Rogers a ton of credit for all of that. And I think that's all really, really, really important. And Fred Thurston, who is, you know, someone who who follows this team very closely, obviously, uh, very famously has a uh, a Hall of Fame relative and stand very hard for that. And he pointed out that under normal circumstances, this would just be something that we could applaud. But instead, it's being psychoanalyzed. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to psychoanalyze it. Um, I, I think Rogers probably felt like this was an important topic. He spoke on it. And I'm, I'm frankly glad that he did. I'm glad that, that Jace came on this show and talked about it. It's something that is being discussed more and more. And that more and more people are seeking help with. And that's great. It really is. And and I hope that we can find ways to support each other on this. But there are going to be fans who make jokes about, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers has not helped their mental health this offseason. And I just, I guess I want everyone to remember a couple things. Number one, you are not in charge of... What makes someone else happy? Assuming that that thing is not, you know, a violation of someone else's rights. You know, we can think of a lot of examples that would that would make that the case, and we don't need to get into them. You are not the arbiter of, I am not the arbiter of what makes someone else feel good, what makes them feel healthy. And, and we do need to remember that. I don't think we need to bring in anyone's personal relationships or anything like that. 
Now, what I do find interesting, though, about all of this is how differently we handle these situations based on who's involved. So let's use a basketball uh, situation. James Harden forces his way out of Houston. Now, he forces his way out of Houston by being a problem, basically. He's going out. He's violating protocols in the NBA. He's out of shape. He doesn't want to play. He makes it very clear. I don't want to be here publicly, privately, all those things. And Harden has faced serious ridicule for that. And despite the fact that that team would not have been good this year, they were they were not going to be a good team. The flip side of this is Aaron Rodgers. And he becomes the poster child for player empowerment. The situations are are not that different in that two superstars do not want to be seemingly uh, where they are and are exerting some level of leverage to try and extricate themselves from those situations. Okay? So, and some people are just always going to defend the players. They're just going to say, look, the players can do whatever they want. Um, the, the, the teams do. The owners do. And so the players should be able to do that too. Great. Okay. But the narratives were different, right? James Harden was, uh, you know, uh, uh, he was worthy of ridicule and scorn for wanting to go play in a really good situation in Brooklyn. And Rogers is apparently not, at least from the national media, for wanting to leave a situation that is tailor-made for him, that is probably the best football situation he can be in, realistically speaking, because the Rams, they traded for their quarterback. The 49ers are not trading for Rodgers now, and they just got Trey Lance. So there isn't really a place that Green Bay could trade him that is a better football situation than where he currently is. And yet this is player empowerment. He is righteous for doing this. And the reason I bring this up with the mental health piece of this is because we view Aaron Rodgers differently. And in a lot of ways, rightfully so. And and for these specific reasons, because he speaks on these topics, you know that whatever is going on between Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers is something that he has thought about at length. And if it is the case that he no longer wants to be there, no longer feels respected, whatever the circumstances are, that it is something that has been building for a long time, we know that to be the case. And we know that he is self-reflective about these things. Now, that doesn't mean he's right. I, I, I think we, we are too often fast to ascribe right and wrong in these circumstances. I don't mean to imply that. Because I don't think there is right and wrong. And there is what Rodgers is doing, what he thinks is right for him. The Packers are doing what they think is right for them. And those two things could very well be different. And and we don't need to have some sort of perfect paragon of rightness and say, okay, this is the right thing in this circumstance. 
right? This isn't just, oh, the team sucks, trade me. This isn't, oh, um, I'm out of shape and I don't really want to be here. And the, the, the method matters. Now, depends, of course, how you feel about what happened on draft day and who you believe about how that came to be and what camp that came from. And all of those things, of course, is the case. Now, there's also the part of this that is like, well, a lot of people came into the circumstance going, well, Green Bay hadn't done enough for Aaron. And of course, he's mad. And, and of course, he's frustrated. And of course, there's this, this issue. And of course, there's a, there's a lot of confirming of priors when you look at a situation like Houston. And, and I don't mean to, to harp on the Harden part of this. He's just, you know, the most recent super duper star who was traded in, in the big sports. I don't think there's been a baseball trade on this level, at least not recently. And, you know, blockbuster hockey trades. I, I, I don't know if that's a, uh, an oxymoron, but it's, you know, it's not the same. It's not the same. Right. There, there is no comparing really anything in hockey to quarterback. Basketball is a much better one for one trade because superstars affect the team in the same kind of way. And I know there are going to be these old school people with, with the mentality of, well, he signed a contract. And so all of this discussion about wellness and mental health and, oh, he just wants to be happy. So why can't he go somewhere where he's going to be happy? Well, it's the world's not like that. And he signed a contract. But there are people who are who are saying that and who are going to say that. And to those people, I get it. This is this is an extremely difficult situation to parse because we still don't really know what's going on or why or how or when or even in a lot of ways, the what. And that is a very weird position to be in in sports. Usually we have more information than we do by now. And again, I'll I'll keep going back to this. The fact that we don't have more information, the fact that a bunch of stuff has not leaked continues to lead me down the path that this gets resolved. Aaron Rodgers is at training camp and the Packers are competing for a Super Bowl in 2021. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Right now, they have a limited time flavor, the Grasshopper Cookie. Oh my goodness. The Grasshopper Cookie is fire. It is unbelievable. The texture, the taste, it is awesome. They they sent us some and they were gone we house them. My wife and I, we took those things down because they aren't like other protein bars. They're not grainy. They're not chalky. They're not difficult to chew. They're soft. They're creamy. And they are delicious. It's Independence Day week. Celebrate freedom of choice. Built Bar gives you a slew of flavors, including this limited time grasshopper cookie. Get the grasshopper cookie. Order today. Get grasshopper cookie. Get raspberry. Get salted caramel. Get cookies and cream. Whatever makes you feel right. Go get it. 
Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Rock Auto is the place to go for all your car parts needs. It can be a hectic hassle of a process to buy new parts, to go into the store and actually deal with someone looking up parts from their computer or you could just use your own computer or your phone at rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership where they jack up the prices if you're not a professional. This is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Much more to get to as we head toward training camp just a few weeks away. We are almost there, and that means a lot more Packers talk. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.